Hello there. I'm Sam Frankie Fox, host of the Night Shift podcast. This is a podcast designed for people, parents, carers, anyone awake at night, busy soothing little ones, wanting some company. It has two parts to it. The first is a series of gripping stories that will help you stay awake. And the second is a collection of natural sounds and original music that we've made as a relaxing sleep aid for you to drift off to. Welcome to this story episode of The Night Shift, where I'll be reading A Jewel in the Corner by Rochi Rampal. A new mother reflects on the horrors and beauties of parenthood in this standalone piece, the first in a series of stories by Rochi. Now, night soothers, we invite you to settle in with us. Together, let's tune in with the rhythms of the night shift. A Jewel in the Corner by Rochi Rampal People will wonder, what on earth was I doing, out there in the dead of night, on my own, prancing bare-legged through the trees, when anything could happen? It's not de rigueur, and it's dangerous. But everything is fine. It was just a little moonlit walk outdoors because I needed a break. Goodness sake, we all need a break. I got hungry. I went to find a bite to eat, it rained, I got cold, so I came back in to get dry. I wasn't gone for long, and I was always coming back. I know what you're thinking. So you don't have to say anything. Want me to say it for you? Okay. I'm a bad mum. There you go. And you're thinking, why would I leave my babies? I'm a mother of many, out in the dark, and I've left my little ones all alone. I'm selfish, up the wall, batshit bonkers. Well, what else am I supposed to do? I've got to get a break somehow. Those small ones will be the death of me if I don't get out once in a while. Little parasites. I'm sorry. Sorry. Shouldn't have said that. Not about my own. I care for them dearly, I do. All 147 of them. Tiny little things. Parasite is a bit harsh, I'll admit. It's true, though. But I shouldn't use it as a dirty word. It's just my nerves are a bit... Well, I'm so tired. I never seem to stop doing these days. Well, and nights too, of course. And I look like something from beyond the grave because I work really hard. I know you want to look away when you see me. Everybody does. You feel like I'm intruding in your space. You'd rather I didn't weave in the corner of your Pinterest living room with your fresh licks of farrow and ball 
and your plush textiles. It somewhat punctures the insta-lifestyle aesthetic one aims for these days. But I've got to set up camp somewhere, haven't I? And I'm not classically attractive. I'll give you that. My fused head, divided thorax and abdomen, so-called venomous fangs and predatory nature. And you've got all that strung up in a corner of your house. I do understand that on paper, I would make your skin crawl. I get it. You want to pretend I don't exist. Who wouldn't? I get it. But I do exist. And I do try and keep myself to myself. And in theory, I'm only supposed to be really busy during the evening, when you're relaxing or sleeping as the sun's going down. You shouldn't even notice me. But there just aren't enough hours anymore. I need more time to do what I need to do. And I notice you're a little busier than usual at night too now. So I can't win, can I? And predatory. What a word. I find it quite offensive nowadays, you know. It's lost its true meaning. You instantly think of a sleazy moustache with a slop of lager in a spoons on a Saturday night. Ugh. Well, that's not me. That's definitely not me. I just do what my instincts tell me. That's where that word has come from. It's such a shame because... I can tell I stimulate some buried terror in you. But that's probably when you're not at your best. Tired or or something else you're feeling. But you're just acting on instinct too. So I respect that. Guess what though? My contrary appearance has actually served me well. Often when people see me, they run. So it saved me a million times. If I had a penny for every time others have headed for the hills because of what they think of me, isn't that what fear does? We need it. Keeps us alive. Worse at night, I suppose. But that's only natural too. There was this school once, an old Victorian one. I was young and stupid, and I thought I'd try a bit of history for my habitat. Got sick of suburban new builds, far too warm. And the people who own those houses are the sorts of people who keep their rooms spotless. Not my people. Well, this old school was beautiful. Such impressive architecture. High ceilings, long rooms, and even a belfry. Well, that was a mistake. I didn't stay in the corner of the bell tower for long. Roommates were far from welcoming. So I wove in this massive room with a wooden floor and old creaky doors leading off it to rooms where children sat on mats and grown-ups talked at them. Well, this one time, all the children were in my long wooden room and one of the grown-ups was with them. I don't know what had happened, but I just hadn't realised they were in there with me. Almost silent. All of them. They had their eyes closed, and the grown-up was muttering, and they all held their hands clasped in front of them. Well, 
Something had just scuttled past my silks, but hadn't got caught up in them, so I moved out onto a beam to see where it went, just as the grown-up opened her eyes. She didn't even hesitate, just screamed at the top of her lungs like something from a horror film. I nearly jumped out of my skin. Of course, as soon as she screamed, all of the children instantly followed suit. They didn't even know what they were shouting about. But those Victorian acoustics. Have you heard lots of small children shriek in an old wooden floored hall? Well, obviously I didn't actually hear it as such. But the way the vibrations made me feel. Did I deserve that? I hadn't done anything to them. It was their imaginations they were reacting to. And what about the man in the house next door to you? He's the very reason I'm here. He's got a spare penny or two, hasn't he? Is he retired? Got himself a new toy? One of those cordless vacuums? The fancy ones that have got all the power and practically cling to the carpet like limpets. He absolutely loves that hoover. He's never done so much housework. He's all over the house with it, while she reclines on the sofa knitting booties for her grandchildren. When did we become people who just clean the house and knit jumpers, Jeff? She says to him all the time. But I can tell they love it. Well, I've had a few near misses with that cordless monster. Fast as my eight legs could carry me, had to move on, so now I'm here. Why does it matter what I look like? Or what I look like makes you think of? Stupid question, maybe. And I know this isn't an agony and problem page. But what about the good stuff? You could say I pretty up the ugly bits of a room. Have you seen the light on my threads when the angle's right? Or the diamond dew drops in the garden first thing in the morning? In a little way, I reckon I grace this place. If you could bear to look a little closer, I'm a jewel in the corner of the room, an architecture of silver silk with perfect geometry. I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but have you ever tried building a shelter of some kind? Ever put up a tent on your own? I mean, even doing it with someone. In my countryside days, I saw the marital domestics that can blow up over a bit of canvas and rope. There was a family once, camping in their back garden. The woman fed her baby one-handed, held out tent pegs with the other, pinned down the tent floor with her feet whilst her toddler pulled on her ankles. It was a wonder she only had four limbs to work with. Meanwhile, the dad got lost in tent poles and inner compartments, huffing and puffing like Thomas the Tank Engine. It was unprecedented volumes of sweat and nearly World War III by the time they'd finished it all. But they did it, and they sat down together quietly enjoying what they'd created together. Peaceful. The calm of her tiny one when he'd finished drinking. I've got a high-energy superjuice that I brew for my little parasites too. Store it in a sack until they don't need it anymore. It's like magic. 
although it does sometimes seem as though it's never enough. Those birds are onto something. I like the way they drop pulp into their chicks' beaks. I'd do that if I could, wouldn't you? It can be an absolute pain moving on to the next feeding stage for my little ones. Working out what will come our way. It's a waiting game for sure. Have I got my structure right? Will it hold visitors long enough? Dinner times can be tense, but I hold it together. And at least I don't have to budge. In fact, it's better if I don't move at all. I just sit and wait and the food arrives. It's like one of those internet shopping delivery thingies. The original online web. And if I do need to move or go somewhere, I've got instant silks to wrap the tiny ones up in. Can I tell you about my spinnerets? Different silks for different jobs. Silks for swaddling. That's what what you call it, isn't it? Silks for drag lines. Silks for strengthening the web. And silks for making cases for my eggs. I'm like a fancy haberdashery store. Have I changed your mind yet? There are the odd few who see the good stuff. They'll leave me alone to just get on. There have even been a few stares of wonder. Once, a little girl found a web of mine that I'd set across the hollowed heartwood of a tree stump. I had time on my hands in those days, before the little parasites, so I could put more of myself into things. The symmetry was bang on, and the cast was wide. I'd sort of got a bit lost in making it, completely consumed and focused, really in the moment. It was bliss. It was early autumn, so the temperatures were changing, and the morning droplets seemed to have arranged themselves perfectly. And this little girl who was running around, she just stopped in her tracks when she saw it. I remember I shouldn't have been out and about. I'd been working all night and I should have been resting. But I'd spotted her before she saw the web. And, well, I'd worked so hard on it, I could just imagine her plunging her tiny muddy hand through it. But her eyes were wide, like in an art gallery. She stared and stared. And then eventually she just skipped off and went back to playing her game. If I was a piece of art, I'd be something modern, striking and profound, and a bit unfathomable. I sound like I've got tickets on myself, don't I? Well, I make snares and homes, and I may not see very well, but I feel deeply. And I can make many new lives, and I hunt. I'm a busy being. I don't want to apologise for myself. Why do we do that? We just do what we have to do, don't we? Although sometimes I do stop and ask myself, how did I get here? Sometimes I miss those countryside days. They were just a bit more... free. I know you can be repulsed. But I know you are also fascinated. I'm not the only creature to simultaneously enchant and shock. Come on. That's quite a feat, isn't it? You know that. 
mothers, totems of the magic and beauty of nature and creativity, and pariahs at the same time. For the way they feed their young, what they feed their young, how they wrap them, get them to sleep. Revered and cast out. You're not revolting. I know it. And so do you. So stop cringing at my hairy legs. Anyway, you're a fine one to talk. Look at the growth on you. Sounds like I'm complaining about everything. But it's not easy. Some folks are happy to give themselves over to everything that comes with this job. The graft, the busyness, the judgment. There's a sister of mine. Well, we're not directly related. She's a slightly different kind to me. I mean, she's amazing. A skilled spinner, a devoted mother. And there's a thing that happens when her super juice is done with and her little parasites aren't so little anymore. This happening, this event. It's a bit like flying the nest, only not. Because they stay and it's the mother that leaves. For good. I don't really like to think about it because it makes me feel a bit funny. Not repulsed exactly, but, well, enchantment and shock, I suppose. Have you ever heard of matrifagy? Well, there comes a time when she, the mother, gives herself to them. I mean, really gives herself. And that's it. The end. They devour her. Full circle. She's gone. The ultimate maternal sacrifice. It's entirely natural and normal, but I don't like it, if I'm honest. I'm not judging them for it. How could I? I just couldn't do it myself. We all make sacrifices, of course we do. Change doesn't come without them. And this is a big change. But I can't give myself up entirely, I just can't. Because if I've still got some of what I once was, as well as some of what I will be, that will be the best way for mine to thrive and grow. Me not giving myself over completely. I need to be a spinner, hunter, mother, me. One who can get lost in something entirely, as well as being one who looks out for the little parasites and meets their needs. It's symbiosis, you see. A mutual exchange. You can't have one without the other. Yes, a busy me. A bedraggled, run-ragged, much-needed, multi-limbed, pulled-in-every-direction me. But very much, 100% still here and doing it. Me. Thanks to Rochi Rampal for spinning that powerful, amusing, textured story. If you were gripped by a jewel in the corner and would like to listen to more stories like this one, please like and subscribe to this podcast 
so that you're notified of all new episode releases. Now, if you're still awake, settling your little one, you can tune in to the other story episodes. But if you're now ready to snooze, please check out our sounds collection for music and natural sounds to doze to. You can find more info on the creative process and people behind this project by visiting the podcast page on our website www.babiesadventuresinmusic.com or follow us on Instagram by searching the.night.shift.podcast. On our website, you'll also find details of our upcoming live shows and concerts. If you enjoyed this episode, then please do tell your family and friends about it. It honestly makes a big, big difference to the reach of this project if you can take a moment to like and subscribe. Go on, it'll take like 10 seconds. Help another night soother out there by recommending us to them. And if you really like what we do, then please consider supporting us directly by donating the price of a track download or even an album via the link in the description or help others find us by leaving a review. Support of any kind allows us to continue creating more of these beautiful stories and sounds together. The Night Shift is a baby's adventures in music podcast brought to you by Curiosity Productions. It is created by Fox and Rocha. That's myself, Sam Frankie Fox, and Ricardo Santos Rocha. I read the stories, and we both make the music. Voice on stories recorded by James Cavell. Guest writers are Emily Ayres and Rochi Rampal. Our advisor on nature and nocturnal behaviour is Jane Grove. Podcast advisor is Holly Close. This podcast is made possible thanks to funding from Arts Council England with additional support from Birmingham and Black Country Wildlife Trust and the Midlands Arts Centre. The Night Shift team would like to thank all of the families who helped us to develop this podcast through our focus groups. We're very grateful to them and the wider creative team for their advice, wisdom and generosity. Thanks so much for listening.